1: Hello everyone and welcome to the RV32 preseason team preview series. My name is Mike Randall. You can follow me at Randall Rant on Twitter. Today is the Chicago Bears preview of the 2018 hashtag RV32 team preview series, a special edition of Road of His Radio. I'll be joined in just a few moments by Patrick Finley from the Chicago Sun-Times and NBC Sports Talk Chicago. You can follow him on Twitter at Patrick Finley. But before we get started, I want to let all of you know that as a listener to the podcast, you can save yourself 30% on a Rotoviz NFL pass at rotovizcom forward slash podcast. The subscription will give you access to all of the NFL content and tools, and best of all, it helps support the pod. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over a 1,000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps, Go to rotaviz.com to check out the site. Again, our guest today is Patrick Finley from the Chicago Sun-Times. In this episode, he talks about the new coaching regime in Chicago, the backfield expectations for Jordan Howard versus Tariq Cohen, and how the passing game will look with the new receiving core in Mitchell Trubisky's second season. After the interview, we'll take a few minutes to think about what Patrick said and take a closer look at the Bears' main offensive starters using some of the great apps at Rotaviz. And now, let's bring on the guest. We are pleased to welcome to the RotoViz team preview series, Patrick Finley, who covers the Chicago Bears and NFL for the Chicago Sun-Times and appears on NBC Sports Chicago. Patrick joins us for a few minutes on the RV32 team preview series to talk about the Chicago Bears. Please follow him on Twitter at Patrick Finley. Patrick, thanks for a few minutes. How are you doing today? Hey, not too bad. How about you? Very good. Let's, uh, let's begin with the coaching changes. Matt Nagy was named the 16th head coach in Bears history in January. Came over from Kansas City, where he served as offensive coordinator. He then brought in Mark Helfrich, who recently served as University of Oregon head coach. You have Vic Fangio back, of course, for his fourth season as defensive coordinator, which provides some stability. So what were your thoughts when they brought in Helfrich this season? And what have you seen so far from year one of the Nagy regime?
2: Well, with Nagy, I mean, it was pretty obvious when the Bears started looking for somebody to replace John Fox, that they wanted to get a play caller. Uh, they had their play caller a couple of years ago in Adam Gates, but he was their coordinator, and they lost him uh, to the Dolphins and gave him a head coaching job. Uh, they didn't want a scenario like that to unfold again, so they figured that whoever they hired uh, would have to be the play caller. And Nagy, despite his uh, you know one playoff game against the uh, Titans, uh, was uh, part of a really special offense to the Chiefs last year. He didn't call plays the whole time, uh, but he did for the last five, five or six games. Uh, and the Bears really liked what they saw in his ability to develop Mr. Trubisky. Um, they, they talked to Trubisky. They considered drafting him in Kansas City, and because of that, he already had a pretty good working knowledge of him. As for Helfrich, I mean, he's going to be really interesting. He ran that blur offense with uh, Chip Kelly, first as his coordinator, and then as the head coach. And while I think it's pretty clear that Kelly's version of it didn't work out, uh, it'll be interesting to see how Negi incorporates parts of Helfrich's uh, expertise into uh, his scheme, which is you know right now it's a hybrid spread West Coast thing, and, and, and I think when you and, uh, you'll get some uh, more angles similar to what we've seen at Oregon uh, with quarterback runs, uh, you know the RPO which is super trendy right now, and some other stuff.
1: Certainly one of those parts that is probably going to change at least the way it looks is the run offense. Last year, it was a very run-centered philosophy overall, maybe a bit to the detriment of the overall health of the offense. Mm -hmm. One big question heading into this year is the projected usage rate between Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Howard remains really an underrated runner nationally. He has 2,435 rushing yards in just his first two seasons. He's averaged 5.2 a carry and 4.1 a carry his first two years, respectively. Tariq Cohen was thought by many to be underutilized last year because he had some big eye-popping runs, big plays earlier in the year. How do you handicap the Bears' backfield heading into the season under this brand-new offensive scheme?
2: Jordan Howard's going to be the one getting the ball. Um, you know, As you mentioned, Howard's one of those guys who I think gets uh, a little more love here in Chicago than he does nationally. I think since he entered the league two years ago, I think only, what, three running backs, four running backs have more rushing yards than he does, and they're all the household name guys. they so Le'Veon Bell, Zeke Elliott, those folks. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Howard's going to be you know, the back, at least on first and second down. Uh, he's ha- he hasn't had a good history of catching the football, uh, but the Bears have been working on that because they'd like to be able to use him on third down sometime. Uh, with Cohen, uh, you know, Cohen's going to get his touches. You know, I'd hesitate to try to get him more than eight or nine or ten. I mean, this is a kid, remember, he's 5'6", 180-something pounds. Uh, you know, I don't know that he can survive the rigors of an NFL game uh, if you use him a ton, but the Bears like him at receiver. They like him at running back. Um, you know, there might be a little Tyree kill in him uh, from what Nagy was able to do with the Chiefs last year. Uh, so he'll get his touches, but I don't think it'll come at the expense of Jordan Harris.
1: You know, you talked about Mitchell Trubisky's, you know, the sophomore season and what's expected of him earlier. Last year, the Bears had a conservative game plan, maybe to a fault, that ended with seven passing TDs and seven interceptions in 12 games played. But a lot of that could have been uh, through the Fox regime. So what have you seen early on with Trubisky's role? How's it changed during training camp? And what are sort of the expectations for him this year in his sophomore season?
2: Well, I mean, the obvious stuff is he's going to throw the ball a lot. He's going to run the ball more than he did uh, uh, last year, uh, you know, uh, under – Dalton Loggins and John Fox, like you mentioned, that you know things were really conservative last year, and that was on purpose. Was you know they wanted to hang around in games and try to save John Fox's job, and and they really couldn't. So he's going to be used a lot. What I've been looking at this preseason is you know how is he absorbing Matt Nagy's offensive system? How is he calling out the plays and learning the wording that is all brand new to him? Uh, how is he leading? Uh, you know, at this time last year, he was literally the Bears' third-string quarterback, and Uh, You know, in in this training camp, he entered as, as, you know, one of their offensive captains. So, you know, there's a big jump there that he's going to have to make. I don't think it's going to happen overnight. You know, know, I'm going to be more concerned about him if he doesn't get it by week nine than I am if he doesn't get it by week one. But this is his show now, and uh, it's going to be very different than what it was in his rookie season. Uh, You know, hopefully, you know, the Bears are hopeful that he can stay healthy. The Bears are hopeful that he can understand what Nagy needs him to do, Uh, but, you know, it's not going to be a clean operation on day one by any
1: stretch. You know, he has a brand new receiving core as well. Uh, His top two receivers from his his final year in college and last year have been those slot guys. Ryan Switzer, last year it was Kendall Wright, who had 59 receptions. But the Bears brought in Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, tight end Trey Burton, and they drafted promising rookie wide, uh, wide receiver Anthony Miller in round two, who certainly has flashed so far on social media. So how have those, those new receiving corps looked, and what do you see the role specifically for Miller and Burton?
2: Anthony Miller is, uh, is the one that I would bet on right now. Uh, he has been, uh, and this is not hyperbole, he's been the best player in training camp right now. And, you know, some of that might be due to the fact that, you know, receivers can get away with a lot more uh, when you're not going to full pads than uh, some of the other positions. But he's just been, he's been a stall, and uh, there's no other way around that. Allen Robinson is going to be Mitch's number one receiver, uh, at least nominally. Uh, you know, he's never had a guy like that. You look at the guys that the Bears had last year. and I mean, a whole lot of no-name receivers once Cam Meredith and Kevin White went down. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, Anthony Miller is probably going to be the most used receiver, you know, especially if they're going to double-team Allen Robinson. Trey Burton was the third receiver uh, in Philadelphia. You know, we all know him because he threw the touchdown pass on the Philly special in the Super Bowl, but but they're really hoping that he can turn into, you know, a poor man's, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey last year, you know, if you're looking at trends last year, uh, Nagy's offense, uh, had Kelsey uh, who led the league in uh, both yards and receptions for a tight end. Uh, this is a tight end heavy offense, uh, through the passing game. And I think Burton will benefit from that. Um, and, uh, you know, Anthony Miller, though, I I keep coming back to it. You know, there are false positives in camp sometimes. And, and, uh, We have to be cognizant of that, but my God, the kid has been really, really good.
1: Yeah, Millers look fantastic. Uh, Patrick, what have you seen from Allen Robinson so far? You know, he's coming over from Jacksonville, coming off the injury. Does he look healthy and look ready to go?
2: Yeah, yeah, he looks healthy. One of the things uh, we're uh, getting used to here is he's a fairly introverted dude, and, you know, you don't hear that about number one receivers very often. Uh, Typically, they're the loudest guys on the field, Uh, but uh, he's coming out of his shell slowly as he's getting to know everybody. Uh, the health is there. I don't think the Bears are going to push it. Uh, the Bears certainly didn't in the off-season program. Uh, you know, he, it was really the first day of training camp in you know, the third week of July uh, that he went out there and was able to practice fully without any, uh, without any added rest or, or added help from the trainers. So uh, the Bears slow played this uh, until he got his knee back. It looks like his, his knee is fully recovered from that week one ACL tear last year uh and you know he has plans for a big season and you know what the bears are paying him a lot of money uh so they are counting on him to uh, uh to be the player that he was you know 3 years ago with the Jacksonville which was one of the better receivers in the league let's
1: turn our attention to the defense they surprised many people in 2017 they finished 10th overall allowing just 319.1 yards per game they have rookie Roquan Smith, assuming he's going to get into camp. He'll join, Danny, he'll join Danny Trevathan to provide what should be a real solid linebacking core. Leonard Floyd up front, Kyle Fuller, Prince of Mukamara in the secondary. Vic Fangio is an outstanding defensive coordinator. So, how do you see the Bears' defense coming along this year, and will they be even better than last year?
2: You're right. They're hoping they got the best of both worlds, which is, you know, a new modern offense uh, and, you know, the same old defense that they had last season. They threw a lot of money at Vic Fangio to stay. Uh, they had interviewed him for their head coaching job. And, and when he didn't get it, uh, you know, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, the GM here, uh, were very, very wise uh, to recruit him to stick around. He's bringing back every single member of his defensive coaching staff. He's bringing bringing back probably 10 of 11 starters from last year. They're going to run the same stuff. Uh, there's a lot of carryover there that, that's going to be really helpful to the Bears in general because when they've got, uh, you know, one side of the ball learning something from scratch, uh, you know, the stability, the the Bears defense has it is really, really going to be helpful. Are they a top-ten defense? Probably. You know, Vic has this knack of dialing up pressure, uh, even when he doesn't have superstar edge rushers. But, uh, you know, in this league, you really need somebody who can get to the quarterback consistently. Right now, Leonard Floyd's their best bet to do that. But, you know, he's had two pretty injury-plagued seasons. They need him to stay healthy. He's coming off of knee surgery. Uh, if he can do that, if he can stay healthy for 16 games, I think he's one of the better Outside linebackers in the league, honestly. I mean, I think he's, you know, a top 10 guy, uh, but, but he hasn't yet proved that he's healthy. Uh, Keem Hicks was the star last year for them, uh, and, you know, they brought back Kyle Fuller and Christian McMara, two veterans who were solid last year. Uh, you know, they weren't Pro Bowlers, but, but they were decent and, uh, they threw some money at both of those guys to stick around. So a lot of stability. The Bears hope that that translates, uh, uh into a slightly more dangerous version of their defense from last season. Uh, but we'll see. And I mean, they still don't have edge rush depth that I think you need in the league to survive uh, through 16 games.
1: Uh, last question, Patrick, and we really appreciate a few minutes here on the Bears. It, Chicago was thought of nationally to make a big leap this season. People really think the Bears are going to take a step forward, very similar to what the Rams did last year. Vegas has their over under at six and a half wins. Bears are looking to get to 500 or better for the first time since 2013. So with all the changes, first year of Coach Nagy, how do you see the Bears ending up this year in the NFC North?
2: Yeah, you know, it's an easy formula, isn't it? You know, you look for uh, the quarterback, the highly uh, uh, touted quarterback who uh, suffered through a defensive-minded coach for a year and then got an offensive guru. And, and yeah, I mean, that you know, the Rams comparison with Jared Goff is there. You know, there's a little Carson Wentz maybe in him as well. You know, the system... Certainly line up, uh, they're really similar. I think 7-9 and nine is about right. I, I think that there's no question in my mind the Bears will be more entertaining than they've been in the last three, four, five years. I think they'll be better. But you look at their schedule, and I just don't know where some of these wins are going to come from. Uh, you know, the NFC North, you know, the Bears are the fourth-best team in the NFC North until further notice. And, and, you know, they won one of their last ten games against the Lions, for Christ's sake. and And, and that is probably the closest team to them. Uh, you know, and their non-conference schedule, you know, has a couple of walkovers, but it's also got teams like the Patriots, uh, coming to town. Uh, so, you know, when you look down and, and try and dissect the schedule, seven to nine, I think, is about their ceiling. You know, it's possible that somebody in the, uh, you know, on the, you know, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt again or, or the Vikings, uh, you know, backslide a little bit, but, uh, unless anything ridiculous happens, I think I've got them about seven to nine and, as usual the good people in Las Vegas know exactly what they're talking
1: about yeah those buildings are big in Vegas for a reason but certainly <laughs> certainly things are trending up for the Bears and and they're one of the real teams to watch this year coming into the 2018 season folks that's Patrick Finley covers the Chicago Bears in the NFL for the Chicago Sun Times uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Patrick Finley Patrick thanks so much for a few minutes here and, and we'll try to catch up with you during the season
2: sounds great thanks so much.
1: That was Patrick Finley of the Chicago Sun-Times. You can follow him on Twitter, at Patrick Finley. When we return, we'll take a few minutes to consider what he said. As you know, the NFL season is quickly approaching. Get ready for it with a subscription to a Rotoviz NFL Pass, which you can get right now for 30% off. This discount is for listeners of the podcast only, and it's available through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools, and best of all, it helps support the pod. Again, be sure to get your 30% discount for an NFL pass at rotobiz.com forward slash podcast. We thank Patrick Finley from the Chicago Sun-Times for coming on the Rotobiz Team Preview and talking about the Chicago Bears on the podcast today. Patrick talked about a lot of great things, but the three things that stood out to me were his discussions about how the new coaching regime in Chicago is going to change the offense. The backfield expectations for Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen I thought was very interesting, sort of verifying what the Jordan Howard truthers are thinking. And he went over the expectations for the entire passing game, not only for quarterback Mitchell Trubisky in his second season, but also the entire Bears receiving core, which is really revamped. So a lot of fantasy players are handicapping the Bears this year as sort of the 2018 version of last year's Los Angeles Rams. Rams had a great year last season under first-year coach Sean McVay. They went from 4-12 and 12 in 2016 to an 11-5 and five season in 2017 in first place in the NFC West. The Bears head coach this year is Matt Nagy, comes over from the Chiefs. He worked his way up through the league. He was with the Eagles for a while. Then at two seasons as a quarterback's coach in Kansas City, and last season was their offensive coordinator. And certainly it was a very productive year in offense for the Chiefs. They had Alex Smith, who was the fourth best QB in fantasy football last year. They had Travis Kelsey, who was the number one fantasy tight end. They had Kareem Hunt, who was the fourth best fantasy running back, and Tyreek Hill, who was a top 10 wide receiver in both PPR and standard. So a lot of fantasy success in Kansas City. So I could see how the fantasy community is excited about Matt Nagy coming to the Bears with a young quarterback like Mitchell Trubisky. Now, Mark Helfrich worked with Chip Kelly Chip Kelly's version of that Oregon offense really didn't pan out in the NFL. A lot of what he did with the Eagles, parts of that offense that people have stolen, which of course is the biggest compliment you can give, but his head coaching regime didn't really work out. So hopefully Maggie is going to take some parts that he likes of that offense, incorporate it into the Bears, and sort of make it his own working with Helfrich. Patrick talked about expecting the the offense to be a hybrid spread, West Coast offense, more short, quick passes, some QB runs because Trubisky can run, and RPOs. Fangio putting together that solid defense should allow for the Bears to sort of blossom on offense. You can rely on a solid defensive unit. Last year they were surprisingly top 10. They have Danny Trevathan, Leonard Floyd. Hopefully at some point Roquan Smith will be in there as well. But the defense certainly does look solid. And it needs to be being in the NFC North with the Packers, the Vikings, and the Lions. I think he mentioned that they've only beaten the Lions once in the last 10 outings. So certainly they have their work cut out for them. And having that strong defense is going to allow the offense to really take some more chances than maybe they're used to. And then he went into the expectations for the Bears' backfield. So Jordan Howard is really one of the more underrated running backs in all of football. So he's had trouble holding on to the football, and people don't view him as a viable option in the passing game. But even Nagy has come out and said that he has to be. You know, you don't want to be in a situation where every time Jordan Howard's on the field, they know that they're going to run the ball and they have to bring Tariq Cohen in to to catch it. So Howard's got to get better with receiving. And Tariq Cohen, we saw, certainly has the ability to run between the tackles on occasion. So I used one of the great apps at Rotaviz. So many great apps here at Rotaviz.com, and the one I looked at was the Rotaviz Screener. So this allows me to look back since the year 2000 and find running backs that had similar starts to their career as Jordan Howard did in 2016, 2017. So I compared them using rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, and receiving yards, because Howard, of course, has not been as active in the passing game as let's say a Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, those type of running backs. So they don't really compare similarly. But I did look at the road of his screener, and these are the running backs that I got that compare favorably to him since the year 2000. We have Marshawn Lynch in 2007-2008. I think that's a great comparison. Howard's a big, bruising back. Both of them had about 400 receiving yards their first two years. Howard had 423. Lynch had 484. Willis McGahee, which I thought was a great one, 2004-2005. Both he and Howard went over the 2,300 rushing yard mark. Howard had 2,426 yards. Out of all the backs in their first two seasons, that is more rushing yards than any of these backs. And Wills McGehee at 2375 was actually fairly close. McGahey was also not great in the passing game, only 347 yards. So Howard actually a little more prolific with the receiving yards than him. They have Travis Henry in there who had a big first two years, 2168 rushing yards. Todd Gurley is actually in there because he really didn't break out with those receiving yards until year three. So he had 515 more than Howard and of course was, was extremely proficient last year in his third season. But Todd Gurley looking, at those numbers is a favorable comparison as well. Mike Anderson is in there, the former Bronco. He only had 215 receiving yards. They matched up Eddie Lacy, which is interesting. Eddie Lacy with 20 touchdowns in that prolific Green Bay offense his first two seasons. Jordan Howard with 15. Jordan Howard with more rushing yards by a little over 100. But Lacy, who's a big bruising back, actually did have good, solid receiving numbers with Green Bay. He had 684 receiving yards over his first two seasons. And the last one they used was Jeremy Hill. I'm sure Howard truthers do not want to hear this comparison. Hill had a fantastic rookie season and then has sort of gone downhill ever since. So Howard was actually able to maintain his efficiency in his first year to his second year. He had 1,300 rushing yards his first year and 1,100 his second year. Not too big a drop off. Last year, only 125 receiving yards. Receptions about the same 29 versus 23. But Howard did score more rushing touchdowns last year than he did his first year, 9-6. to So the Jeremy Hill comparison isn't really a great one because Howard, I think, has maintained that value, whereas Hill really had a huge drop-off. But the screener shows us that Jordan Howard is in rarefied air when it comes to those first two years. Tariq Cohn is going to be dangerous. He had a lot of big plays. Certainly they're talking about using him as a Tyreek Hill-like player that Nagy had last year in Kansas City. But you heard Patrick talk about it. At five six, maybe 179 pounds, Cohen is not going to be able to take the, the wear and tear and, and the, the hits of getting the ball through the tackles and getting such a high target share that his receptions end up headed towards the Darren Sproles 80-90 receptions. I think Cohen's going to get more receptions than he got last year. He had 53 on 71 targets. I could easily see him getting to the 60, maybe pushing 70 range, but he'll probably get some more rushes as well. It just doesn't seem like he's built to take the physical pounding there that he may get. A lot of people see Cohen as one of these Alvin Kamara-like players. I think that's overstating it a bit. So certainly you're going to see Howard. He's going to run the ball. That's what Patrick told us. And Tariq Cohen is going to be more of a gadget play. And if you can get him in the right game, maybe Cohen can give you RB2 value. But in a fantasy perspective, the RB1 is going to be Jordan Howard. And the last thing I did is I went under fantasy football draft prep on rotoviz.com and I looked at the 2018 Excel projection machine. This is another great, great app here at Rotoviz. What it does is it allows you to plug in values for yards per attempt rushing-wise, receiving yards per catch, touchdowns, etc. Looking back on the last few seasons, what has happened in Chicago? Now, under a new coaching regime, I had to make a lot of changes here because certainly we can't use numbers coming from a John Fox offense to a Matt Nagy offense. But under these projections, if you look at the receiving totals, this is what I had. I, I think that Anthony Miller's impact on this offense is going to be just as strong as Patrick and a lot of us are starting to think. Allen Robinson came over. They paid him a lot of money. I certainly project him getting the most targets. I have him at 112. But I think Anthony Miller is going to get close to 100 targets. And it's possible because Allen Robinson is going to see the top cornerbacks. And they have a difficult schedule that Anthony Miller could get somewhere close to the same amount of receptions as Allen Robinson. I know that sounds crazy, but as Patrick said, Anthony Miller, the rookie from Memphis, has been the star of training camp. And so my projections here have Allen Robinson with 112 targets and 67 receptions. So put him around 67 to 70. I think that's reasonable. I do think Anthony Miller is going to get over 60 receptions himself, so I give him 63. Robinson will get the most yards. I'll get him over 1,000 yards. Certainly, that'll get him back to where he used to be back in the 2015 season with the Jaguars, where he had 1,400. So I'll put him over 1,000, but I think Anthony Miller is going to be right right behind him, maybe low 900s, mid 900s in receiving yards. Interestingly enough, because of what we talked about with the West Coast offense and the spread and Trubisky's affinity for hitting the middle of the field. I'm going to put Anthony Miller in for more touchdowns than Allen Robinson. I'll have Anthony Miller with seven touchdowns, Allen Robinson with six. Taylor Gabriel's there. He'll hit some big plays, of course, and Kevin White. But I do see Miller and Robinson being the top two wide receiving options. Now we talked about Trey Burton as a receiver. They like Trey Burton certainly coming over. And Nagy uses his tight end. But they do have a group of tight ends in Chicago. Not only Trey Burton who comes over, but Deion Sims is still there and Adam Shaheen. And those are blocking tight ends. And they can do some things in the receiving area as well. So I'm a little bit down on Burton. I don't see him having a tight end one season like a lot of people do. I have him here for high 40 catches, like 48 catches. Is Let's say a little over 450 yards and three touchdowns. I don't see Trey Burton getting six or seven touchdowns. I think that Trubisky for passing wise, when you're going from seven touchdowns and seven interceptions last year to get 26 touchdowns is a pretty safe number. I do see Trubisky running some in. Dak Prescott, who's another rushing quarterback, of course, with the Cowboys, has been able to put in six rushing touchdowns each of his first two years. I'll give Trubisky three. Last year he had two in only 12 games, so I'll give him three. So I have Trubisky for a hair under 30 total touchdowns. But like I said, I I don't see him getting over that 30 passing touchdown number, and so it really makes it limited. If I'm going to give six to Robinson, seven to Miller, a couple to Gabriel, and of course Cohen's going to get a couple himself, there just isn't that many touchdowns left for a guy like Trey Burton when Deion Sims is going to play and Adam Shaheen as well. So looking at their offensive players from a fantasy perspective, I think Allen Robinson is a very solid selection. Love Anthony Miller late as well. Trey Burton I would put a little bit behind. He's certainly not a bad tight end, but it's going to be difficult to get that large target share and end zone target share, especially when you're dealing with a quarterback who's in his second season and doesn't really project to have that 33-35 touchdown upside. And As for the running backs, you heard it from Patrick. Jordan Howard is going to be the man. He's going to run the ball. He's somebody that Chicago and their fans really like a lot and maybe is underrated nationally when compared to other running backs, despite having a prolific first two seasons. So that's going to do it for the Bears episode of the 2018 Hashtag RV32 Rotoviz Radio Team Preview Series. Again, our guest today was Patrick Finley of the Chicago Sun-Times. You can follow him on Twitter at PatrickFinley. My name is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at Randall Rant. Please make sure to stay tuned over the next month as we go around the NFL and preview each and every NFL team. And, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Rotovis Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the 2018 Rotovis Radio team preview series. Our assistant executive producer is Colin Kelly, and our executive producer is Matthew Friedman. Please rate and review the RotoViz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotavizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at RotoViz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to RotoViz at a 30% discount through the RotoViz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash
3: podcast.